two, one. What's up, y'all? It's your man Ernest, or you love Ernest, same guy, different name, back again with another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast. This week, we have a guest. We have Dr. Bruno Rogue-Sanaco. Did I say your name right? Yes, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So Dr. Bruno is an, is an international business consultant speaker. Uh, he's a business coach as well. He's author of, let me get this title, Compassionate Business, Main Principles for the Human-Oriented Enterprise. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for your invite. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could you talk about yourself and how you got into the field of, of finance or just business in general? Okay, okay. Well, this is a very good question. Well, originally I worked as an accountant for many years, and then I started working as a consultant on international trade activities, import-export activities for many years. Uh, I noticed that many companies, uh, when I was advising these companies, were only profit-oriented. And I did, at that time, I didn't pay so much attention to this, but uh, these companies were very profitable. They were growing uh, a lot. But over time, I saw also a second group of companies that they were both profitable, but also human-oriented. And what do I mean by human-oriented? There are companies that, uh, for example, treat employees in a fair way, in a respectful way. They pay a good salary. They allow employees, for example, to work flexible hours. They recognize employees publicly. They treat customers in a, in a respectful way. They give customers some uh, gifts or incentives. And also, they also contribute to the community. For example, donation or, uh, uh, for example, social support to the community. And this company were both profitable and also uh, human-oriented. And uh, I started researching on this. I am also started teaching at university some business models. And I observed that there many companies that are also compassionate and profitable. And this end up with a long process of research that was coronated by my new book, The Art of Compassionate Business, that was published a couple of years ago, that became a best-selling book. And in that book, I explore a bit the, the main principle that companies, according to my research, can apply to become not only economically viable, economically thriving companies, but also at the same time, they can be much more socially oriented and also environmentally friendly. So there are many principles that I discuss. And also nowadays I'm advising companies on compassionate business. This means how they can build strong, long lasting relationship with different stakeholders. Stakeholders are individuals and group with interest in an organization. For example, employees, customers, business partners, community members, the government, other companies, partnership with other companies. And so this is a very interesting topic. And there are many companies that are trying to catch up with this trend to become much more human oriented. Because in business, the most important factor is the human being. Many people believe that is the economic indicator, like profit, market share. But this indicator are always the natural result of the interaction between a company and different stakeholders. If the company develop mutually profitable relationship with these stakeholders, customers, suppliers, employee, community members, this company is more prone to thrive. Instead, when the company only focuses on the economic aspect, for example, market share, profit, sales, this company tend to dismiss the relationship with customers, employees, community members. And this company 
counterintuitively tend to go down with this all these economic indicators. Interesting. Yeah. Um, before we get into your book, um, I was wondering if there was a specific experience you dealt with as an employee or just as someone working with the ads and consultant that made you wanted to focus more so on the people oriented side rather than just the money oriented side. Yes, yes. I saw I saw many examples. I cannot give the name of the company because of confidentiality, but I can say that I saw many companies that when everything was going well in that company, they, they were all keeping these employees. But when the economy results were going down, they fired employees mercilessly. They didn't even give a compensation to these employees. Employees that were working for many decades were fired in a merciless way, left in the street, so without support. But also I saw some companies that were very profitable that they were taking advantage of customers. For example, companies that were trying to force customers into selling a product, into buying products, for example, that customers do not need. For example, if there were product A that is cheaper and product B that is more expensive and the customer is more prone to select the cheaper one, uh, this company tried to sell the most expensive one because they get higher profits. So they were not thinking about customer, but they were thinking about themselves. So they tried to be self-centered. I saw many companies, and you might have seen also in your own experience, companies that try to take advantage of customer. And these companies are still in the market, and some of them, they, are, they have big names. Well, these companies, from the medium-term perspective and long-term perspective, they cannot survive because there will be a group of companies that are not only being profitable, but they try to serve customers in the best way. And I also saw companies that they were very profitable, treating customers well, treating employees well, but they were polluting the environment. So they were using, for example, manufacturing processes that were, uh, for example, uh, sending toxic uh, uh, waste in the, in the river uh, streams, or for example, in the sea, or they were using uh, carbon dioxide emissions, or material that were not uh, organic or uh, ingredients that were not natural. Well, these companies, uh, obviously, they don't think about the, the whole aspect of business that is we have to care for profit, for people, and for the planet, because this is the only planet that we have up to now. So if we don't care for the planet, we're not only affecting this current generation, we're affecting future generation, future communities. So I see companies that are treating all the stakeholders well, except the environment. And these companies are not also human-oriented because we need the environment to live mm -hmm. now, but also in the future, future generations. So this is, I, I don't want to give any names because, uh, but some of these companies appear in the news. And in some cases, one would, would think that news are a bit sensationalistic. They only publish only negative news. But many of these cases that you see in the news are really truthful. They're showing the dark side of company, the, the company that they do not care for their uh, customer, that they do not care for their uh, employees, the employees that are the most important resource that the company has, the interface between the company and the external environment. And what I've seen, uh, this is a bit a curious uh, thinking, uh, when I observe this, I observe that companies tend to focus only on quantitative aspect of business, what can be measured, what can be counted profit, market share, sales, everything that can be measured, monitored over time. But they do not focus so much on qualitative aspect of business, what cannot be counted. For example, loyalty, commitment, 
empathy, camaraderie, care. And there is a very famous saying that observes, not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. Mm -hmm. This is attributed to Einstein. I think that is not from Einstein, but the idea is that it's applicable here. So companies should balance qualitative aspect of business, care, support, commitment, and quantitative aspect of business. Profit market share, both are important because companies need people to thrive. Companies are not an island. They cannot thrive without customers. They cannot thrive without employees. They cannot thrive without the community. They cannot thrive without the environment. I see companies, for example, I was working in Brazil in the past for a long time. I saw companies that were de depleting the Amazon forest, continually depleting. The, uh, one, one tourist guy told me that one size of the uh, stadium, a football stadium was depleted every a couple of minutes. The whole size of the stadium, the surface of the stadium in the Amazon forest that is one of the most important natural environments in the world. Mm -hmm. so, so this is not compassionate business. These are examples of non-compassionate business, but there are many other examples that companies that are behaving in a compassionate way that we can discuss later. Okay, definitely. Uh, we'll get into your book and then we'll discuss anything else you want to discuss after that. So could you please describe your book and just talk about it? Anything okay. you can about it? Okay, well, well, the book is composed of different parts, but for example, in the book, I talk about the importance of a mission, a mission, the importance of a business purpose. And what I say is that the business purpose include, should include, this is what the company said the business purpose, they're trying to answer the question, why we are in the market. And they shouldn't be only in the market for economic reasons. There should be in the market for economic reason and also social reason and environmental reason, what we call the triple bottom line, caring for profit, economic result, caring for individual people, like community members, customers, suppliers, employees, and caring for the environment. But also in the book, I talk about a lot of, about passion, passion and business, uh, how you can get more passionate, how can you, uh, for example, consider any difficulty that any entrepreneur or business people have as learning opportunities. So you learn when you fail in business, and many companies get disappointed when they fail, this is a learning opportunity. You get much more knowledge. You know things that you didn't know before. If you succeeded, you wouldn't have learned this. So I talk about a lot about learning in business as a learning process, business process uh, as a learning process, but also I talk about abundance mindset. Uh, for example, try to focus less on threats, for example, economic factor like uh, economic depression or other companies competing with your company and focus more on opportunities because there is a very famous discipline called positive psychology that observe what you focus on tend to be augmented, tend to be magnified. If you focus only on negative aspects of the business environment, for example, new legislation that could be complicated or business, uh, for example, economic recession or new companies coming into the market, you don't have time to focus on the positive aspect of business. And when you focus on, for example, positive aspect, you tend to develop much more business opportunities. Then I talk about the importance of, uh, I use the word love in the, in the book and it is unusual for the business environment. When I talk about love in the book, I'm not talking about the 
limited connotation of this term. For example, the love that you feel for your family, your friend, your partner. But I'm talking about a much more humanistic aspect of love, which includes empathy, support, care, uh, gratitude, generosity, and sub, uh, others, for example, uh, and compassion too. Uh, and I give example of how can companies become much more caring, much more loving. There is a famous study that I mentioned in the book that observed that a company that developed a loving work environment, an environment where employees support one another, when employees work in a cooperative way, nobody's trying to beat one another. People are caring, they, they like teamwork, they like to, uh, for example, give advice to one another, support when they have difficulties. This is loving work environment, according to research, tend to bring about higher employee satisfaction, higher customer satisfaction, because employees that are happy tend to bring about happy customers, lower employee turnover, lower employee absenteeism. This means that people are willing to go to work, they like to go to work, and also lower stress levels. And all these indicators impact positively on the profit, on the bottom line. But uh, also I, I talk about the importance of generosity in business. Why generosity is so important? Because you see many companies that are a bit stingy. They try to think about only themselves. In some cases, they try to rip off customers or they try to deceive customers. On the other side, there are companies that are generous. I give you an example. If the company is selling a computer and they want, the company wants to be generous with this customer, they can send the computer by post uh, with delivery free, or they can give a free training course for this uh, customer to, to get much more knowledge about how to use this computer. When you are generous, with customer or with employees, with the community, you create a positive imbalance. You give more than they expect and they tend to reciprocate. There is a famous law in social psychology that is called the law of reciprocity. When you treat others in a very generous way, they tend to support you, they tend to give you back. Instead, when you are self-centered and you are dismissive with others, people tend to withdraw, they tend to not cooperate. So. Acting in a positive way, in a loving and a caring way with others, tend to bring about positive treatment from them. And the opposite happens when you treat them in a disrespectful or you don't acknowledge their needs and so on. Mm -hmm. Then I, I comment about thankfulness or gratitude, the importance of being grateful. And this means why companies should be grateful with employees, with customers, and other stakeholders. A very simple way to be grateful with employees is. For example, if the employees were working over time to finish a project, to meet the deadline, the employee doesn't want to only to be paid well. This is the economic aspect of business, but employees also want to be recognized. They want to feel that they count. They want to feel that their contribution is of value. How you can do this in a very simple way? Writing down a thank you note, scan sign, and you give to this employee with their name. and. You can even organize an event to recognize them in a public way, if possible. Now with the pandemic it will be a bit complicated, but at least a virtual event. And this is important, why? Because employees don't have only economic needs. They have other needs. They have emotional needs, they have social needs. And when employees only are, uh, uh, you are meeting only the uh, needs on an economic level, this employee might be earning a good salary, but they might feel dissatisfied. They might feel that their, their work doesn't count. They might feel that the, the 
they are not taken into consideration. So companies should always be grateful. The same applies to customer. I always advise my clients to take into account this, this very simple tenet. When you're serving customer, try to under-promise and over-deliver. What do I mean? Do not boast about your products. Do not show off with your products. Try to be humble. Humble humility is very important. And then surprise them, offer more than they expect. So this means under-promise, over-deliver, giving more than they expect. And then when you surprise it in a positive way, for example, they were expecting the computer and you give a free course, free delivery, this customer feel indebted and they want to give back because they feel like they're indebted with your company. And they might not only come back to your company, they might even recommend your company to others. They might leave positive reviews online, what are very important. They might become silent ambassadors and they might recommend your company. They might do free promotion. So that is more credible than advertising that is paid. And when customers are engaged with your company, we say that customers love this company, love these products, and might bring about new customers, new potential customers. So being generous is very important. And also I talk about, there are two chapters about employees and how companies can uh, relate to employees in a much more meaningful way, in a much more compassionate way. But I see that in most work environments, there is a lot of fear. Fear of making mistakes, fear of being fired, fear of losing the job, fear of being beaten by other colleagues. How you can be creative if you are fearful? If when you're fearful, your mind tends to center on the threat. There is a lot of research on this. When you're fearful, you cannot be productive. You cannot be creative. Creativity implies a state of relaxation, a state of openness of your awareness. But when you're fearful, your discerning skill tends to narrow down to the threat. Oh, I will be fired. Oh, they will try to beat me. They will try to get my job. Or oh, I'm not sure if I will be working for this company next year. Or oh, the results of this company are going down, we will be all fired. So fear is a very important uh, negative factor in any company. And companies can uh, nurture much more positive relationship with employees when they uh, develop a much more loving work environment. A good way to develop a loving work environment uh, could be, for example, being supportive with employees, understanding employees' needs, which include not only economic needs, but other needs. For example, many employees now during these challenging times, they have some problem. They have childcare, they have to work at home, they have, the, they have their family, they have a lot of noise in the background. Well, is the boss understanding with all the situation? Does this boss allow this employee to for example, work flexible hours? Do, can they work one day and the other day can take a break? Can they have virtual meetings to replace the uh, in, inside meetings? So this is important. I see, for example, some companies, Patagonia. Patagonia is a company that is a very famous company that develop clothes uh, products and try to approach these business activities using the triple bottom line approach, caring for profit, caring for people and caring for the planet. Caring for people, the example of caring for people, this company, when employees go to work, they do not have, they go to the, the site, they don't have to think about childcare. The company has inside the workplace, 
a childcare facility that is offered free to employees. So this means that employees have to take this worry of their mind. If their parents, first parent or have many children, they can leave all their children there when they're working. They can visit the children during the work time. Isn't that wonderful? So the yeah. idea is that it's important to change the, the mindset because when everyone in the work environment is happy, this brings about happy customer, happy relationship with the suppliers and business partners. So another topic that I comment about in the book are innovation and creativity. I talk about also the stress, the importance of stress in the work environment. I comment how companies manipulate customer. I, I, there is an appendix about marketing and manipulation. How many times we saw companies manipulating customer? Companies that try to make customers sign a contract with a fine print. And customers, when they discovered it, they have been deceived. It's a bit too late. So a company not taking into account customer complaints. So there, there are many topics, but I'm very satisfied with this book. It's quite overarching. Thanks. It sounds really interesting. Sounds like some really great advice. You've been given some really great advice as well. Um, what is one thing you would want readers, whether it be people who are running businesses or just people who are just your everyday consumer? What is one thing you would want for the consumers to know? And what is one thing you would want the business people to know after reading your book? Oh, okay, okay. Very important. Consumers, regarding consumers, I can say that consumers are human beings. I see many companies that treat consumer like a figure in a database. And in an impersonal way. In some cases, you see companies that have only presence online. And when you try to get in contact offline with this company, you cannot get in contact. We cannot get in contact with a real person. Mm -hmm. So companies should understand that consumers have needs. And even when the consumer belongs to a certain demographic, for example, female group 18 to 25 and so on, or certain income and so on, these are general averages. They do not represent the individual consumer. You can take this as an approximate uh, picture of the consumer on average, but then you have to find out what are the specific needs of this consumer. So this is important. Try to develop personalized relationship with uh, consumers. When possible, try to uh, meet consumers in a positive way. We have in marketing a very important concept that we call touch point. Touch points is any interaction between a company and a consumer. For example, when you check the company website, there is a touch point. When you call the company on the phone, another touch point. When you, for example, visit the job, another touch point. Every touch point should bring about positive emotion in consumers. So this means that a consumer should feel satisfied, happy, at peace. But we see many companies that act in the opposite way. Every time that the consumer interact, online or offline with the company feel frustrated, feel stressed. They, they kept the consumer hanging on the phone, waiting with some music for 20, 30 minutes. This is not a good touch point. And research show that when many touch points are positive, they're bringing about positive emotion in, in this consumer, these consumers tend to become much more loyal, tend to become much more committed because they feel well. What is customer satisfaction? Customer satisfaction is a customer that feel well about the product, and feel well about the company. So companies should do their best, not only the customer service department, the administrative department, the production department, all departments in the company should do their best to serve customers. I don't like when the companies say, oh, we have a selling attitude. No, with the customer, you should adopt a serving attitude. And serving doesn't mean servitude. 
serving means that you take customer into account, they're the priority, and you try to give the best value, the best benefit in relation to cost for this product or service. And you don't try to take advantage, you try to develop win-win relationship with customer. Your company wins and customer wins. When you develop win-win relationship, these relationships tend to become a long-term relationship, a robust relationship. Instead, when you look only for profits at the expense of customer losses, you try to deceive customer, this, this is a transaction, one-off transaction. Customer might realize this and we switch from your company to others. In relation to employees, what I can say? I can say a lot, but I will try to give one piece of advice. Yeah. Employees have other needs besides economic aspects. They need to be taken into account. They need to be recognized. They need to be included in the major decisions. I see many companies that major decisions are made on the top level without taking into account employees that then are affected by this decision. At least employees should be including and adopting, the company should be adopting a much more participative approach. This means including the relevant employees affected by any decision to hear their voice, but also employees should be encouraged to enhance their skill. I see many companies that, uh, for example, adopt a, a, an approach with employees that is very negative. For example, they make employees perform tasks in a repetitive, boring way. And in some cases, tasks that are not aligned with their skills and talents. This is a way to demotivate employees. And by doing so, this employee will, might get a good salary, but will get so bored and so demotivated that might switch from this company to others that get much more meaningful uh, uh, way of working. So companies should enhance their skill, for example, mentoring employees, training employees on a continuous basis, but also uh, coaching these employees, understanding what their needs is, giving them choices, allowing them to get positions that are most suitable for their values, their skills, their talent, their capabilities, but also companies should be grateful with employees. Should be grateful, we mentioned this before, and company, when giving feedback, because I see many employees are fearful of receiving feedback from managers, or I will be evaluated in a negative way. When employees make mistakes, we have to understand also that Everyone makes mistakes. We are all human beings and we are fallible. So we can make mistakes. When employees make mistakes, managers, bosses should focus on how employees can improve in the future. Do not focus so much on the mistake and criticizing this mistake in a negative way with hard criticism. They can highlight things that can be improved, but also with a change orientation. You say, okay, things are this way uh, now, but I want to show you the way as a manager and you can act differently because of this and this will bring about different results, a much more humane approach because I saw many employees that get fearful when they, they, they are fearful of being judged negatively. They're fearful of making mistakes and being fired. We have to understand that everyone can improve in the work environment with the right support. So being a much more compassionate when providing feedback and also understanding that everyone can improve and mistakes are not most cases are not made intentionally. They, they are all, obviously we're all human beings so we can make mistakes. Yes, I appreciate the work that you're doing. I think this is definitely an important message that you've been sharing. Uh, definitely important for a lot of the businesses here and around the world as well. Uh, you have any last words or anything else you'd like to share? Yes, thank you very much. And I want to appreciate your invite again. Thank you very much for your invite, very generous of you. 
I want to say, I want to leave some question for uh, the listener to reflect on, so, like self-reflection question. If I am working in a company or for a company as an employee, or I am working, for example, as a consultant or a manager, doesn't matter what type of relationship we have with the company, how can we be more loving? This is a question that you can ask yourself. How can I be more loving with different stakeholders? How can I be more caring, more supportive with different stakeholders? But also another question is, how can I strengthen this relationship with the stakeholder? How can I be more generous and thankful with this stakeholder? This will be a very important point to highlight. <clears throat> and I want to mention one more point is, how can we develop win-win agreement with different stakeholders related to this organization? That may be customer, other employees, suppliers, community members, and business partners. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll have your book in the description box below and your website. Anything else you'd like to share, please email it to me. Uh, Thank you. This has, been, this has been another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast with your host, Ernest Ulovernus. My guest, Dr. Bruno Roke Sinaku. Once again, check this guy out. Please check out what he's got going on and reach out to him as well. And once again, I thank you for coming on. Okay, and uh, send things. Thanks for coming on. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Beautiful, beautiful. Very nice. Very, 